Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Red Valley is intended for mature audiences and contains scenes some listeners may find distressing. Please go to redvalleypod.com for full content warnings on every episode. Do you want to continue? Aubrey, things have escalated. Warren! Warren! Let's all go to bed! How did he get on the roof? I don't know. Where did he even find a golf club? I don't know! What's he talking about? Oh, it's a song my old band used to play. He's not really doing it justice. Those aren't the right words. Look, he was agitated, but then it just went... I don't even know what this is. Briny! Come in, Briny! What did you do? Why does he want you to eat shit? Oh, he's not shouting at me. He was talking about Briny first, and then Clive, and then his family. I couldn't keep up. Oh, fucking hell, watch out. He's got a tar loose. Briny, look, for God's sake, are we going to do something about this? Gordon, I'm busy. I'm sure you can handle it. Does it sound like I'm able to handle it? Why is he pointing at us? Oh, God, he's pointing at me. He wants me to... What's more unto the bridge? Dear friend! Eat shit! Well, I tried. Your heart wasn't really in it. You're welcome to do the next one. Bryony! You're the caretaker, Gordon. Take care. Oh, brilliant. Someone should go up there. And uh, who's that going to be? Well, who do you think can eat the most shit? I'll call Grace. Oh, God, he's going for the high note. Warren now. He was starting to calm down. 
He climbed back in through his bedroom window so he could eat the fondant fancies I'd got for him. Somehow, we got talking about his memory. It was stupid of me. What happened? He wanted to show off how good his memory was, so he put trading places on and started screaming all of Dan Aykroyd's dialogue at me. The synchronicity was very impressive, but after the first half hour, it started to get uncomfortable, so I said I was going to the toilet, and I never went back. He'll cool off. He'll probably be fine tomorrow. It's like whiplash. He'll go from one extreme to the other, and I'm just... Well, I do nothing. What's Bryony doing? Bryony? I mean, who knows what she's doing? Giant levers, lightning bolts, mad scientist shit. I mean, her behaviour towards Warren. Why does that matter? I wouldn't ask if it wasn't important. I hope you remember you're supposed to be working out a way of getting us all out of this, not settling your score with Bryony Halbeck. You've had nearly two weeks with that data. You're the one with all the knowledge. The only other person I have to talk to about this is Waffles, and she's a tortoise, and all she wants to do is sleep and eat my playing cards. Calm down. She ate the seven of clubs the other day. Now what? Just indulge me. The other day, you were describing a passive-aggressive thing going on, a tension between Brian and Warren. But Warren was still going along with everything she wants him to do. <sighs> I'm just trying to understand. Well, it's gotten so much worse. She demeans him. She talks about him in the third person, about intimate details of his life when he's in the room, when he's right there, making jokes at his expense. She's keeping Grace and Pam away from him more and more and limits the time I can spend with him on our own. It sounds ridiculous when I tell you like this, but every day is full of these microaggressions and he's being put through this insane physical ordeal over and over again. He's been in and out of hypersleep, what, like seven times now? But Warren can't let her win the fight, so he never refuses her. Like, he never wants to show weakness. As if he's almost daring Bryony to go further. It's crazy. And she's happy to do that. To go further. <laughs> I heard her arguing with Pam about wanting to rupture Warren's femoral artery and then plugging the wound before putting him back in. And he's sat in the lab with them, and he's like, Yeah, do it. I don't give a shit. So she's like, Great, it's decided. As if she wants him to fail. To... I don't know, well, die, even. And Warren, well, Warren doesn't think he deserves any better. You care about him a lot, don't you? Yes, I care about him. I know it might seem this way because we're alone out here, but we're the only person the other one has. I understand. I just don't know why she's trying so hard to damage him if he's meant to be the key to making all of this work. Well... Forget hypersleep for a moment and think how useful that technology could be in a war zone, in an emergency room. If someone is brought in with a stab or gunshot wound. Those wounds are often perfectly treatable in and of themselves. There's just not enough time to do it. They bleed out. Oh, if you could slow down a patient's circulation, you could give the gift of time. It could change the face of emergency medicine. You might want to check your levels of enthusiasm there, Dr. Wood. Just because I'm not prepared to pay the price doesn't mean I don't covet the benefits of the programme. Bryony's hedging her bets. She's trying to get as much out of Warren as she can while she still has the chance. I still don't understand what that has to do with her being so bloody cruel about it. And what do you mean while she still has the chance? I'm just thinking aloud. Give me some more time. I don't know how much longer I can manage this, Aubrey. I need your help. I know. Trust me, there's nothing else in my schedule. We're going to figure this out. I never felt I had any control in this. Not since the night we got here. But at least I had a fairly good idea of who wore the good hats and who wore the bad hats. 
I don't even know which hat I'm wearing anymore. I don't even own a hat. You're not a villain, Gordon. You're the only person at Red Valley who didn't walk in voluntarily. You're as much of a prisoner as Warren is. But I help them. I do what they ask me to because, well, Briny was right. It did fascinate me. Hypersleep, cryonics. The more I learned, the more I wanted, and now I'm getting what I deserve. Well, if you want to play self-pity Top Trump's cryonics edition, I'll have you beat in every category. I know. I'm sorry. So, instead we're going to play... Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, How about Top Trump's The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers edition? Have we not done that one already? Oh, no. No, no. There was a general Lord of the Rings pack that encompassed the whole trilogy, but this one just focuses on The Two Towers. Right. There's more orcs to make up the numbers. Oh, like the one that puts meat back on the menu. Okay. (laughs) We can go back to the naval battleships pack, or we can finally get started on Magic the Gathering. No, the two towers is fine. Waffles is adjudicating, I hope. (laughs) Yeah, Waffles... Oh, shit, Waffles... Waffles is eating the Eye of Sauron. That's one of the best cards in the deck. I know! I didn't think tortoises could be so sneaky. Hello? Hey, are you awake? Yeah. I, um, I can't sleep. All right. Could I, could I take the floor in here? Sure. Here, you can have a pillow. Thank you. My sleeping mat is just by my bag, if you want. Yeah, thanks. Oh! No, it's fine, it's fine, it's just dark, it's dark. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got it. Um, sorry, we had a fight. That's okay. I do think you have a soul, you know, in as much as I think anyone has one. It's an abstract concept. Thanks. I'm sorry I said those things about you when we were in the tunnel. If it wasn't for you and your interest in all of this, I'd be here on my own, and I don't know how I'd manage that. Well, you weren't wrong. It is kind of my ideal job. Not because of the cryonic stuff, though. I just... I just want to do something useful. And if helping you is useful, then... Well, I mean... You're extremely useful, Gordon. Thank you. Do you really think Aubrey Wood can help us? I don't know. I hope so. I don't think I'm all right, Gordon. I know. I don't think I want to do this anymore. I... I want to get out. I... I want both of us to get out. Okay, then. Okay, then. Would you rather have arms as long as your pubes or pubes as long as your arms. Mm, Irish. (laughs) No. Am I warm? Not even close. Uh, Sweden. Nope. It's a Scandi country though, isn't it? You've got a certain Scandi look about you. Do I? Well... Chunky cardigans sit on you well. (laughs) Uh, Nowhere near. 
Polish. Mm-mm. Wrong hemisphere. C- come on, you're, you're paler than I am. No, I'm not. South African. <laughs> Breakfast is served. Ugh. I really messed up when I made my list of demands, didn't I? Well, I think by taking you literally, they made a passive-aggressive move to reassert their authority in the situation. It's an act of immense pettiness on their part. I'm sorry, I, I really should have thought about breakfast. Ah, oh, come on. Microwave lasagna's fine any time of day. And Clive gets gourmet pizza when he helicopters over. Three-day-old gourmet pizza is still good pizza. You know, you're quite an optimist for one of the most cynical humans I've ever met. You know, I could grate some Battenberg over the top, if you like. Costa Rican? You're saying that like it's a silly suggestion, but that's actually the closest you've been. What? It's the right continent. You're killing me, come on. (sighs) Brazilian. You're Brazilian? On my mother's side. Bollocks. I grew up in Rio. De Janeiro? No, Ferdinand. Yes, de Janeiro. Never happened. Cidade maravilhosa, coração do meu Brasil. I mean, that sounds impressive, but you forget that I'm a Philistine. That could be Elvish for all I know. It's more likely to be Elvish. It's Portuguese. How does that prove you're Brazilian? (laughs) You are a Philistine. Warren? Did you know Gordon is half Brazilian? Isn't that crazy? Unhinged. We need you to do some life admin, Warren. I'm sorry? We've been able to cover for you so far, but frankly, none of us gets paid to deal with your pension plan, your phone contract, your change of tax code. And what would you like me to do about it? Well, we need you to call these people up and sort all of this out. They need to speak to you, not us. Your absence is starting to bring attention, and we need to keep that under control. I guess I kind of assumed when my whole life was revealed to be an elaborate facade, this kind of thing will be taken care of. I mean, it's one of the few silver linings, isn't it? When you're plucked out of society and dropped into a top-secret science experiment, maybe you don't have to deal with... Hold on, why have I got to call the broadband provider? You're right. All the other bills were in my name and taken care of by overhead. But if you remember, we had a small argument because you felt emasculated that your wife was taking care of all the bills. So I let you upgrade the broadband. Well, I only said that because I wanted to get the movie package. Very noble. We have rather more pressing matters to be getting on with, so if you could deal with these, I would appreciate it. I think Warren's probably pulling his weight right now with the whole world's first cryonic person. Gordon, I need you to collect all the data we have so far on Warren. Clive is coming to get me for another thrilling meeting with the board of directors in a few hours. Warren, I don't like having to nag you to do your share of the chores, darling. Brings back a lot of bad memories. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys, but Gordon's right. You can take a flying fuck into the sun if you think I'm going to spend my day ringing up. You sent letters to your home and your department, but haven't been able to get hold of you. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm on secondment, apparently. Oh. Has that resulted in a salary change at all? (laughs) I, I doubt that very much. Right. Well, we weren't able to increase your pension contribution as you requested because we didn't get final confirmation from you. Yeah. So would you like to confirm now? Uh, I I don't know how important it is now. Your pension's very important, sir. Yeah, okay. So what would you like to do? (laughs) Mr. Gobby? You know what? Fuck it. 50%. 60%. That's a very high amount. It would help if you did not draw undue attention to yourself. 80%. You know, Grace, you don't have to be here. Apparently, I have nothing better to do. 80% of your salary? Yeah, I'm a kept man. Let's keep it aside for the future. Who knows how things will turn out? Sure. Well, I'm glad I made you happy today. You mind if I ask why you'd want to lose the movies, movies, movies package? Um, going with a different provider? 
Do you mind if I ask who that is? I don't like movies anymore. So you'd like to cancel? I would. There will be the charge for the remaining months on your contract. I don't care. And we will have to schedule the removal of the high-speed cable from your property. <sighs> what? Why? Is that a problem? I'm, I'm not there. We could speak to one of your neighbours. If I could take the numbers of the other people in your building. You want the phone numbers of my neighbours? If that's okay. Yeah, I don't have them. You don't have your neighbours' phone numbers? No. Are you not friends with your neighbours' phone numbers? The thing about the gym, sir, is that locker space is at an absolute premium. And it does clearly say on the changing room door that if you leave belongings in your locker for upwards of 24 hours, they will incur a small fine. That's fine. I don't care. Keep the locker. Burn the belongings. I don't need my speedos anymore. But the fine accumulates, sir. And despite our best efforts to contact you, you haven't been in touch with the gym for some time. I don't care. Tell me the number. I assure you, no gym membership locker fine can scare me at this time in my life. The fine is £600. £600?! Well, to be honest, I'd like to book another appointment in with you as soon as possible. Or your nearest overhead occupational health resource. You're seconded to Scotland, you see. Into research and development. Yeah, it's fine, really. If you just leave me the number or an email, I'll try very hard to rearrange an appointment. Well, as long as you do. What's Clive Schill like as a line manager? <sighs> I mean, they really say he is the yeah, man yeah, of the, the hour. Yeah, yeah, he's the man of the hour in R&D. Jesus, is that in his email signature or something? I'm sorry? Don't worry about it, it's fine. Um, I'll, I'll be on my way now. Uh, yes, that's... Oh, wait. Yes? I was meant to put you through to your old line manager, Doug Holder. Oh, uh, yeah. You still uh, have some transfer yeah. paperwork for you to sign. No, uh, yeah, no, uh, we're done. Uh, Grace. I'm just the babysitter. Grace, I do not want to speak to Doug Holder. Warren? Doug. How's it going? Um, uh, uh, fine. Everything treating you all right wherever the hell you ended up? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. How are you? I've been busy, Warren. I've been busy sticking your job up my shit pipe, just like you requested. Yeah, of course. A lot of things have gone up the shit pipe for me, Warren. I could go through all of them if you have some time. Mm. Do you have some time? I've got all the time in the world because I was demoted, Warren. Did you know that? No, I, d I didn't know that. Well, if you're sitting comfortably, I can tell you all about it, because I'm pretty sure it's all your fault. Okay, go ahead. Well, it all began with the aforementioned cramming of your job of my anal passage. And I can't tell you You're late. I'm 30 seconds late. It isn't always that easy to get outside inconspicuously. Well, I get worried. It's been a long day. Please don't give me a hard time, Aubrey. Oh, sorry, dearest. I forgot I was your wife in the 50s. And it's barely lunchtime. Look, I, I think things might be getting better, Aubrey. Better? What do you mean? Well, Warren and I, you know, we had a row recently, but we sorted things out. And I think he's turning a corner. He said he doesn't want to do this anymore. And how did Bryony take that news? Well, 
Nothing like that's happened yet, and I know she won't take it well, but I just mean in terms of his own attitude, his own mental health. And right, what's happening right now? Well, they needed him to make some calls to deal with normal life stuff, to stop people asking questions, just calling his old work and things like that, I think. Wait, Aubrey, what's wrong? Well, I'm sure that was a fun way to spend a couple of hours. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Grace. And believe me, it wasn't my idea. The only thing less enjoyable than making calls to internet service providers is being forced to watch someone else do it. Ah, you're done. Excellent. One more call to make. Could we have a shift change, maybe? It's your sister. What? Emily. Well, at first it was her husband, Peter. He tried to call you several times over the last few months to give you a piece of his mind after you turned up out of nowhere to upset his wife. That... that wasn't... she didn't want to see me. Well, no, I expect she didn't, but then there you were at William Godby's pathetic memorial tree. And then Emily's husband and now Emily herself are trying to locate you. Why? I don't care, but it would be better if it were not the case, wouldn't it? Then Overhead wouldn't be getting random calls from an irritating couple in Gravesend, and Clive Schill wouldn't be having his cornflakes pissed on, whatever that means. And I wouldn't be having to think about piss, cornflakes, or Emily sodding Godby while I'm a little preoccupied trying to ensure her brother's brain doesn't crystallise and shatter like a Ming vase made of offal. Deal with it. Do you want me to call her? That's why I'm holding out the phone. Aubrey, what's going on? Gordon, do you know how PTSD affects the human brain? Do I what? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, no, I know what it is, but no, I don't know how it works. Why are you asking? Right. The amygdala is the part of your brain that processes your emotions. When you feel fear, it's your amygdala that goes into action, sending out fight, flight or freeze signals to the rest of your brain. It's the job of the other parts of your brain to manage those signals with higher thinking, introducing reason and context. The ventromedial prefrontal cortex regulates your emotions, and the hippocampus assimilates memory and experience. So, let's say you're on a roller coaster. Your amygdala is freaking out, like, oh, holy shit, I'm going a thousand miles an hour upside down, I'm going to die. Your prefrontal cortex is like, hey, this is a roller coaster, it's not going to kill you, you're strapped in, you're at Pleasurewood Hills, this is fun. And your hippocampus says, yeah, you've been on this roller coaster before. You love Pleasurewood Hills. We come here every summer, remember? Together, they rationalise your fear. Fine. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll do You'll it. You'll do it now. Fine. The number's here. Fine. Fine, 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 fine. I'm glad it's fine. Hello? Uh, uh, Hello? Emily? Uh, Warren. Uh, it, it, it's Warren. Warren? Yeah. And what do you want, Warren? Um, you, you were trying to get hold of me, you and Pete. You turned up out of nowhere, managed to piss off half the town, and then disappeared in a puff of smoke. It wasn't half the town, it was a dickhead behind the till at 2TA. Dad wanted you to be co-executor of his will. His what? He didn't have much left at the end, but he wanted us to sort it out together. I don't know if it was a final act of spite or some genuine good intention. Um, yeah, look, I'm not going to be around. I've, I've been relocated. Of course you have. Well, you don't need to be here. We can do things by email or just through a solicitor. Yeah, I, I don't want anything. I don't need any of his stuff. I did everything while he was alive. Do you think you could just pull your finger out a bit now that he's dead? I, I need your help, Warren. <laughs> could you just do a decent thing and help me? 
yeah, look, maybe if you could send something <sighs> on to... Hi, is that Emily? Hey. This is Karen. I'm Warren's wife. I'm sorry we haven't had a chance to meet, but I think it's important to say that Warren was a real fucking mess when we met. And the more I learn about his family, the happier I am that he's left you far behind. I'm afraid neither of us give a shit about splitting up the contents of William Godby's garage. Feel free to keep Warren's half of the lawnmower, the Austin Metro, and the hard drive collection of underage girl pictures. If I remember this right, the last thing you said to him was that he could stay fucked off. And that's the advice he's delighted to have taken on board. Take a flying fuck into the sun. You're welcome. Come on, it's time to go back in the pod. With someone who has PTSD, the amygdala increases in size while those other parts of the brain shrink. So while your fear is now in overdrive, the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus are far less able to help process no, it. Oh, Aubrey, you're talking really fast and using a lot of long Warren words that I... has PTSD, doesn't he? He went through enormous trauma in his childhood. He's going through enormous trauma now. His memory problems, his mood swings, outbursts of aggression, his self-harming, actively pursuing the most dangerous thing he could possibly do by going back into that cryopod, his flight responses. You told me that his reaction to hearing the teddy bear's picnic was to leave and drive for hundreds of miles. Think of his memory. His hippocampus is compromised, so of course his short-term and his long-term memories are being distorted. Aubrey, he lost like two years of his memory. That's... Not through PTSD, surely. That's what Bryony did to him with her treatment That's and... That's what I'm saying, Gordon. I, I don't think I want to go to sleep. I beg your pardon? No, you... You come in here and you... You throw Emily at me, like that. Out of nowhere, and then you speak to her like... You can treat everyone else around here like shit, but... That's my, that's my sister. Oh, good lord. Are you trying to be a protective older brother? Those clothes don't fit you terribly well, Warren. Gordon's right. I don't have to do this. I don't, I don't have to do anything. I'm the reason the lights are on in this place. Oh, very well. What would you like from the Mr Kipling collection this time? Have you seen they do a giant fondant fancy now? You'll need something sharp to illustrate your point. Hold on. I have a fountain pen in my pocket, I think. There. Want to poke that through your jugular? Prove your mighty worth? No, you... You control me by getting these rises out of me. You, you, you stop me thinking clearly. I need to stop. I need to gather myself. Oh, do go on. And do tell what you would achieve once you've gathered yourself. The only course of action you've ever seen fit to take is run and hide. Gather yourself. This mm. isn't a silent retreat in the Cotswolds. What on earth do you think there is to gather of Warren William Godby? The man who ran from his family, leaving his only sister to deal with a deviant father. The man who wept in court after his conviction, not from guilt or fear, but from relief. No longer having to sit at the wheel of his own life. That's what you confided to Aubrey Wood when she first evaluated you. The relief of having the burden of responsibility taken away. Don't you remember? Of course not, because you knew exactly what you were walking into at Red Valley. You saw an even greater way to give up any responsibility for your own life. Give it to us, give it to Overhead. You couldn't sign those papers fast enough. We explained the risks, the chance of memory damage or loss, but that was the main draw, wasn't it? And still you didn't make the cut. Like the fat kid picked last in PE, your mind was as riddled as the shitty gene pool you were spawned from. We only came back to you out of sheer desperation. One of the main reasons Warren never made the selection for Teddy Bear's Picnic was his psych evaluations. The impact of the trauma in his life made him seem far too unstable for such mental and physical endurance. 
But all this time, that's what's been keeping him alive, and what killed all the others. Wait, you're saying his trauma is the reason he survived the treatment? The other subjects. Their minds were in perfect health. That's what we were looking for. The healthiest specimens we could find. Yes, they were individuals capable of horrendous things, rape and murder and other terrible crimes. But anatomically, they were perfect. Warren was nowhere near. I've gone through everything you gave me. The scans show exactly what's happening to his brain. An enlarged amygdala, a dramatically reduced cortex and hippocampus. And it's getting worse the more treatments he has. I'll bet anything that when Bryony brought him into the programme, it was because she had no other choice, just another body for her to work on. She had no idea what she'd discovered, but she does now. But I'm... I'm the one. I'm the one that made it work. The reason I'm putting you in that pod over and over again is not because you're the one, and it's not because you're invulnerable. It's because you're a time-sensitive resource. I'm afraid you won't be on the cover of Time magazine with the beautiful people. You're not the next big thing. You've been a profoundly useful cog in the machine, but your time is almost up. Around 15% of your mind has turned to sponge over the last six months. I intend to get as much from you as possible before the day that pod cracks open and I look into your eyes and see nothing but a lobotomized ape. And then I'll pull your mind and body apart like I'm picking the last morsels of a roast chicken for the dog. And that's what will be presented to the powers that be. The best of you will fit comfortably inside a Petri dish. You're not the answer. You're only the seed. And no one will miss Warren Godby. There he is. There's Warren Godby. The only power he ever had. A wide-eyed stare and that intimidating breathing. You don't frighten me, Warren. You've never frightened anyone. Not even the man you killed. Pam, Grace, prep the cryopod. Reservation for one. The treatment affects the anatomy of the brain, in line with the changes experienced by someone with severe post-traumatic stress. Warren survives because his brain has already undergone those changes, so doesn't reject the heart's horn infusion the way everyone else has. So Bryony is activating his triggers over and over again to help her treatment work. It's keeping him alive in a constant traumatised state. Jesus Christ. His mind and body won't be able to take this for much longer, Gordon. One way or another, it will kill him. Gordon. Hey, Gordon. Shit. What are you doing? Why uh, isn't your comm turned on? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's not charged. We're putting him back in. Get your hyper shit together. Okay. What's happening? They're putting him back in hypersleep. Can you hear that at your end? What? Helicopter. Oh, God. It's Clive. What are you waiting for? He's just... He's not even starved. Are you sure you want to proceed? If we waited... Do I need to talk, or is my expression an ample response at this point? Grace, get the sucks from the fridge. Warren, you're going to feel a little pressure on your neck as you go off to sleep. I think he knows the drill by now. Okay. Pass me the face. No, 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 no! Shut it down! Shut it down! Calm down. You're early. I need a couple of hours, and then we can Put go. that bloody syringe down, henchperson. Do not touch him! What do you mean? Tonight's show and tell, remember? I have all the data you asked for. Stick your data up your ass. We're taking the golden egg. Red Valley was written by Jonathan Williams and directed by Alan Mandel. All music and editing by Richard Orpheus Campbell, with sound design by Alexander Broad and Richard Orpheus Campbell. 
Carol Pestridge was assistant director. Artwork by John Cook Lynch. Performances by Jonathan Williams as Warren Godby, Alan Mandel as Gordon Porlock, May Cunningham as Bryony Halbeck, Alexander Broad as Clive Schill, Tash Reithbanks as Aubrey Wood, Rachel Fowler as Pamela Jennings, Dayon Brony as DeGracious Mele, Carol Pestridge as Waffles, John Cook Lynch as Doug Holder, Oliver James Parkins as Pensions Advisor, Sam Cartwright as Broadband Advisor, Ellen Eaton as Gym Advisor, and Kelsey Griffin as Occupational Health Advisor. Thanks for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The first thing you need to know about the Vegas Sci-Fi Adventure podcast is that you're not just listening to someone tell you a story. You are stepping into a world. And Vega Rex, the woman at the center of this saga, is currently sitting at the top of it. This is not by accident. For millennia, the country Vega calls home has been carefully honing the skills of its state-contracted killers, and these so-called holy warriors have gotten real good at taking down the world's worst criminals, or, as they would call it, cleansing. 400 kills into her career, Vega is the most decorated hunter there has ever been, and likely would have stayed that way if it had not been for him. An explosive encounter with the terrorist sets Vega on a path of revenge that is so thoroughly illegal that before this story is done, she will have risked it all, life, limb, and love, to satisfy her vengeance and keep her record of righteous kills perfect. My name is Ivoma Okoro, and I have so much more to tell you about this. Check out Vega, a sci-fi adventure podcast anywhere you listen to them. Because baby, I'm just getting started.